Military life can feel overwhelming, especially during deployment seasons. At Team Pillar, we believe that a little peace of mind can go a long way. That's why we're proud that the 2021 Pillar Retreat Playback is sponsored by USAA Life Insurance Company and USAA Life Insurance Company of New York. USAA Life facilitates members' financial security through a range of products and services, including life insurance policies with several benefits specialized for military families at no additional cost. Because wondering about your family's financial future doesn't need to be on your deployment to-do list. You can learn more about USAA Life Insurance Company and USAA Life Insurance Company of New York at usaa.com pillar. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation about the Enneagram and using the Enneagram as a tool to uh, not only survive, but to thrive during a deployment. My name is Kelly Artis. I am a 15-year Army spouse. My husband is Army Special Forces. Uh, we've been together for about 20 years, married for 15 Um and it's been a doozy. It's a ride. <laughs> That's for sure. We've been through seven deployments together. And um, I have picked up this tool along the way that I am just obsessed about and really, really emphatically believe that it is an essential tool to help you work on your own self-discovery, self-awareness, and help you implement some really uh, productive practices to be able to cope with any type of stressful situation or navigate uncertainty um, and the deployments that you are potentially experiencing now or will in the future definitely fall into that category. So uh, I want to let you know that I am an Enneagram 5 and one of my um, coping mechanisms or, or kind of preoccupations is of being perceived as competent. So that lends me to need to disclaim to you that I am not a certified Enneagram teacher or coach, but um, have self-taught and read and attended workshops and uh, been really, really involved in this world for about six years now. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about what I know. This is going to be a very high level conversation. There is no way to cover <laughs> even the introduction to the Enneagram in 10 minutes, 30 minutes, or even a full hour. It is a very complex system, with tons of nuance, tons of layers. Um, I encourage you to dig as deeply as you are interested in. For now, um, I just want to give you a heads up. This is probably going to be most beneficial for those of you who already know your type. So there are nine different Enneagram types, basic types. Um, so if you know your type or know that you are one of a couple of types, then this might make sense to you. I apologize if these numbers um, don't make sense to you. Uh, I can help you out, get you a little closer, uh, save these sessions once you have a better frame of reference. So what we're going to talk about in today's session is preparing for a deployment. Okay. I tried to think about the best way to approach this again, giving you um, pertinent information. It's really, it's a really tricky system to organize in 10 minutes. Um, so what I've decided to do is to highlight each type and show you and talk a little bit about what each type looks like during stress or in stress. And if you're familiar with the Enneagram, you know that you are primarily identified with one type or one of these numbers that are arrayed around this circle. But then each number is actually connected to four other numbers, either having one at either side of it, or with a line that intersects the circle and connects to a number sort of across 
the Enneagram diagram. Hopefully you have something to look at while I am talking to help you understand this. So you have your primary type and then you have two numbers that you can connect with via this line. Those are considered usually your numbers or lines of stress and integration or stress and growth, some people say. Um, Key here to know is that once you have recognized your type and understand what your red flags are, when what, why, how you act badly, right, in your type, you can also then know that once you've run out of ways to act badly in your type, when you are stressed out, you have this line or this path to another number. It's almost like depleting, depleting, depleting your type. That None of that worked. Okay, cool. I'm going to jump over here and I'm going to go through this type and deplete these behaviors and use these behaviors and see if any of that works, right? So what happens is when you make that jump unintentionally, if you don't know that you're doing it, it's an automated, habituated response that you're um, just, you're, you're just kind of jumping to, your personality or your ego jumps to, um, you're more inclined to jump over to the bad side of that type too, which doesn't serve anyone. It's a really, really kind of disordered way to go through life, right? So what my point here is to be able to call attention to your red flags for each type. What does it mean for your type to act badly? And then how can we more intentionally, because sometimes the resources that you have available to you in your personality, the coping mechanisms that you have are not going to work for you. What's really cool about the Enneagram is that if you're using it mindfully and you're sort of like keeping track of of where you're at sort of day to day, minute by minute, like where you're feeling, um, you can tap into these other numbers that you have access to in a more intentional way and lean into the strengths of your stress number to be able to navigate the stressful thing um, more holistically and more effectively. All right, so I'm just going to run through. We're going to start with the body triad. So those are your eights, nines, and ones. There are three centers of intelligence for each personality or each each Enneagram type. So you've got your body types. Um, those are kind of gut intuitive people. Your eight, your challenger, your nine, your peacemaker, and your one is your perfectionist or reformer. Okay. If you've ever heard yourself or you've tested yourself as one of these three numbers, listen up. So we're going to start with the eight. When eights are stressed out, they can be quick to act, right? You're in the body type, you want to do. Um, They're very intuitive people, so they feel like they always know the right thing to do. Um, The problem is, is that when they're stressed out, they're taking in less information and taking in less feedback um, from their environments, and they might be too quick to act or too quick to respond, right? So that can often come off as being controlling, right? You're just jumping in, you're taking charge, And that's not always the best way to approach all stressful situations or any stressful situation in general, right? Um, When an eight is stressed out, they can reach over to the Enneagram five, which is in the head triad, which is an interesting move because the fives don't look anything like eights typically. Fives are typically very withdrawn, quiet, maybe the more introverted folks on the Enneagram. Um, But by reaching down, if you're an eight and you find yourself sort of spiraling, right? Sort of like not not feeling confident in your actions, but feeling the need to act anyway and just kind of having all this pent up sort of um, rage, honestly. Uh, the body triad has really easy access to the emotion of anger. Um, so you, you may actually struggle with that and you may actually struggle with externalizing that anger too frequently. Uh, 
with people around you, um, in your communities, in your home, um, you want to try to tap into something that can kind of bring you down a level, right? Just to cool the temperature a little bit and type five can do that for you. So by reaching into your strengths with a five arrow or, or a line of integration or line of stress, I guess, um, you can actually slow down a little bit. It can help you pause and engage your brain, right? So instead of just like going forward with full body force, you can engage your mind to be able to take, um, Take a little bit more perspective, right? To step back from the situation, to evaluate things. Um, again, just to slow down, get get your perspective around what else happening, um, and and proceed with a little more insight versus intuition. Okay. Type nine. Type nine is your peacemaker. They are also in the body triad. They also have really easy access to anger, but often that anger is sort of distanced from them. Um, that can look like low energy when a nine is stressed out. Um, that can look like I just want to sit on the couch and eat pizza because I don't know what to do. Everything I do seems to cause conflict. I don't like conflict. Uh, the world out there is scary and too tumultuous. And I am just going to lay on the couch, right? Um, they just, they get really, really, really paralyzed um, and sometimes apathetic even, right? Um so the nine has access to six in stress. Okay. So type six is your loyalist. Um, it's interesting here because type sixes are actually known to be anxious, right? A lot of times that anxiety manifests really healthy, um, outcomes for them because the anxiety helps them plan ahead, right? There's always this like, Ooh, but what if this happens? Um, and it helps them to, to plan and be prepared. So actually anxiety can be a really, um, a really good motivator, uh, to move, to act, to get up off the couch. So by tapping into a little bit of that, um, for the type nine, it can actually promote and prompt them, um, to act on different situations and not feel so disconnected um, from whatever it is that's going on in their life. It can also help embolden um, a type nine to feel a little more confident and to be more outspoken and to voice their needs and desires because often the type nine will just kind of swallow that for sake of not wanting to disrupt the apple cart, so to speak. So type six can actually, you know, pulling into the strengths of type six can actually help them find their voice Okay, type one. Oh, type ones. You guys, you guys have easy access to anger as well, but it often manifests as inner frustration. Okay. So you guys, you're, you're perfectionists, you're reformers, you're always seeing imperfections. And when you're stressed out, that is literally all you can see. Um, it is, it is as if your world is on fire and you're looking for things to fix or correct, or even just to point out, um, that are, that are wrong or need, need repair. Okay. Um, that is a really frantic way to exist in that, um, in that space. So I want to encourage you to reach into your type four. You have an arrow to type four, which is the romantic or the individualist. This is an interesting stretch also because the four is so introspective and has this really uncanny ability to understand emotions on this. There's just a fluency there, um, that type ones do not typically have, um, tapping into that can help them name their emotions 
and name what they're feeling and what they're going through, specifically that anger. Um, naming the anger is powerful. Um, and a lot of times that can happen through tapping into creative outlets. So fours are, are typically um, extremely creative beings. So tap into a little bit of that. Find a hobby where you can make mistakes and that this the mistakes are embraced, right? It's crazy, but art, you know, just about anything goes, right? So, so try your hand at that and giving yourself a little bit of freedom um, to lean into the fourness uh, that you have available to you. Okay, we're going to move into the heart triad. So these are your feelings, folks, right? So type two is your helper. All right, so when type twos are stressed out, a lot of times that looks like compulsive giving. Um, There's an issue here with boundaries, okay? Um, Type twos can can get really caught up in, in helping everyone, and a lot of times that when done with the wrong motivation, um, with a, with a motivation towards and around appearances, um, and perceiving value based on how you were helping, how much you were helping, how much you were volunteering, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it becomes really ego driven and can often, uh, be manipulative. Um, and it's exhausting. You guys, it's so tiring. (laughs) Nobody wants to make eight casseroles in one day just because, right. Um, so the selfish helping has to stop. That's the stressful, like stress manifestation for the type two. So the way in which you're able to kind of lean into some strengths of another type, you guys have access to eight type eight, the challenger, right? We just talked about them. Um, the type eight can really help enforce boundaries, uh, with you and with other people. You can start to recognize boundaries that other people have set up and not, not step over them. Um, tapping into the type eight's assertiveness can help you find your confidence and empower you to say no. You don't have to say yes to everything, right? Even whether you're asked personally, or if there's a vague kind of call to action, you don't have to respond to it. Your, your eightness can show up, um, and help you more, um, better protect your energy. Um, and, and make sure that you're saying yes to the right things instead of just yes to all the things, right? It'll also help you step into a leadership role. Type twos that lean into this, um, are some of your, your strong leaders that can easily discern, you know, what needs to happen when, um, this is, this is a really great trait to sort of, um, help, help feed and manifest. Okay. Type threes as your achievers. All right. When you guys are stressed out, you were on a mission, right? You are so goal oriented and you almost lose sight of what the path to the goal looks like um, and how to protect the people that are in the way of the path or in the path or on the path with you. So you're going to um, run people over. Okay. You got to be careful of that. So if you've started to notice that um, you really need to pull back. So type three has easy access to nine by way of an arrow. So you're going to be able to pull into the peacemaker traits and the strengths of the peacemaker if you do this intentionally. Um, so nines bring a healthy rest to the type three. Um, sometimes you need to slow down, you know, sometimes you need to recognize that people are more important than being productive, right? Sometimes we lose sight of that, um, in pursuit of a goal or an accomplishment. Um, Type nine can help you understand that being is more important than doing sometimes, right? So just getting comfortable um, with just with just slowing down, right? Okay. Type four, all right. When you guys are stressed out, you become 
even more egocentric, right? Everything is, is self-referential. Um, it can, it can really kind of send you into a spiral, um, of, of victim mentality. Um, you can be hypersensitive to everything that's said around you. Um, and that, that's so exhausting, right? That's so draining. So you want to be able to pull into your type two. So now you can see some of the lines kind of backtracking against each other, right? Um, so type four has access to type two, which will help them focus on others, right? Do you see the inverse? We did this, we did this backwards a while ago, right? So type four needs to focus less on themselves and focus more on others and look for opportunity to be of service to others in order to kind of let go of this grasp, this fixation they have on um, what's happening, what they feel is happening to themselves. In, an, in a word, it brings balance. Okay, so moving into the head triad, we've got our fives. Fives are the investigator observer. When fives are stressed out, they get really withdrawn. Um, they can get, they, and when I say they, I'm saying I, um, they can become very uh, nihilistic. What does it all matter? right? <laughs> um, you can get isolated, become isolated. You can become really cynical too. Um, knowledge is power, but sometimes the more, you know, <laughs> the more you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. So, um, so sometimes we get stuck in this loop, uh, you know, of, of just like, Nope, I am safe in my home and I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to like lose sight of connection with others. Um, one really, really helpful, integration or, you know, arrow that you can lean into is your stress arrow to type seven. And this sounds crazy for those of us who are fives, because then it looks like seven, who's like the woo extrovert, everything's so fun and awesome. Um, but it actually is a really helpful move because it can help you as a five understand that having fun is okay. Um, levity is good. It's good for the soul. You need to laugh sometimes and just be silly for no reason. There's nothing to be learned, nothing to be gained. Um, it's just fun. You need it. It's good for the soul. Um, it can help you become more curious instead of, you know, and kind of feed the, the mental fixations in a healthy way. Um, and then also really helps you tap into your creativity, um, which is just super, super helpful at stress relieving, at identifying emotions, um, all the things that types fives have a hard time with. Type six, the loyalist, when you guys are stressed out, you are so anxious. Um, that can lead to paranoia. It can lead to indecision, right? Um, it can lead to overcommitment, right? So you're like, you don't know if turning down this thing uh, is a bad idea or not. And you're seeking approval from everyone else. And if you're getting mixed messages, you're just like, okay, fine, I'll do that too. Um, you can, you can become really consumed with planning for worst case scenarios. And I can think of no other situation than a deployment, um, to really, really, um, weigh heavily on a six's heart, uh, when it, especially when it comes to worst case scenario planning. So you guys really, really, really need to learn to tap into your type three, that you're connected to. So type three, the achiever can help you be more productive, right? Can help you just move through the analysis paralysis into action, right? Um, it can also help you become a little more well-paced, you know, it can help you set a goal and get there versus, um, just staying hung up on like the preparation for the goal, right? Um, it can help you become more active and it actually helps really pull you out of your head and more into your heart or your body either way, but it helps get you kind of out of here 
and into the world. It's a really great move. Okay, type seven, the enthusiast. This is our last one. Um, when you guys are stressed out, um, <laughs> it's really, really hard to pin you down, right? You can become flighty and erratic, um, indulgent, okay, um, in all sorts of vices. Uh, a lot of them are not great, right? So this is, this is a really um, easy excuse, right? Deployments and the stress that comes with the deployment can be an easy excuse to overindulge um, and be too impulsive. Um, so we want to call attention to you that you have access to type one, which is the perfectionist or the reformer. So what that can do for you is to help you slow down. Um, it can help you accept boundaries for yourself, boundaries, 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 for yourself. Um, and it also helps, uh, with the discipline of discernment, right? Instead of just, yeah, let's do that. Or saying yes to all the fun things and, and doing all the fun things and making all the fun plans. Um, it can help you be a little more detail oriented so that you're not making bad decisions. Um, and then also just help you discern, uh, what decisions are going to be healthy and productive, um, and self serving yourself and serving your community at the same time without being frenetic and flighty and flaky, um, and harming relationships around you. Okay. That's preparing for a deployment. <laughs> if you have the time in the midst of the chaos that is preparing for a deployment, I want you to take a moment and try to start recognizing what your red flags are. You guys know when you're stressed out, right? How do you act badly when you're stressed out? Okay. When, when stuff's starting to fall apart around you, or you feel like things are happening too quickly and you just want one more day, um, or, or you're, you're disconnecting from people. Like, what does that look like for you? Just so spend a moment and think about like, what do you, how do you act badly? What do people tell you when you're acting badly? Right. That's, that's an owie, but it's, it's, it's a real observation, right? That's, that's, it's constructive feedback if you're taking it in a good way. So think about the ways in which you act badly, especially if you've already identified your type. If you haven't identified your type, maybe this helps you sort of zone in and narrow down on which types you might be thinking about, um, or thinking that you are more dominant in. So spend some time, think about that and try to head these things off. Okay. Don't waste your time before the deployment falling down these stress loops and, and, and leaning into these coping mechanisms um, or not communicating well or we're fighting even, right? Like try to start recognizing in yourself when you're acting badly and try to staunch it. And if you need to tap into the strengths of your stress type, um, you definitely have avenues available to you there. Okay, tomorrow we're gonna talk about how to cope and how to grow during a deployment. See you then. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this playback from the 2021 Pillar Retreat inspires and encourages you as you count down to homecoming. We hope you'll join us again for this year's digital retreat for deployment countdowns by getting your free ticket at www.pillardeploymentretreat.com.